0: Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Four Wins in June here. We're back with it on the pod. You know, we got some big, big news with KD. We want to just get right to it.
1: Shameful news, really. It's disappointing to see. But before that, the Celtics didn't blow a lead. Let's go! Oh my gosh, <laughs> they,
0: got up so they got up double digits.
1: They got double digits. I was sweating my, so hard. They didn't choke. Thank you, Blazers, for not being able to hit a shot. Uh, but anyways, yeah, KD. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, before that game, like it was all going to play, and KD was going to play, and then Shams tweets out that KD is going to miss the game because he slipped on the court before the game, which, like, it sucks to see that happen. But what a what a bad report. <laughs> like, that's embarrassing that you miss a game because you slipped. Exactly. Like, I, it's not what actually happened. He was just going up and he rolled his ankle. But the fact that it's diagnosed as he slipped, that's hilarious. Yeah,
0: kind of blaming him when they should be blaming the Suns, uh, you know, court-scrubbing people. That was yeah. that was supposed to be his Suns' home debut, actually. So uh, this ankle injury has him out, like they're predicting, four to six weeks. Could be longer, could be shorter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is a possibility that the Suns might not get to see him play this season.
1: Yeah, and, or the regular season. He'll probably be back for the playoffs, I would bet. KD, as we've seen in the Warriors, he will make an effort to come back for the big games. Now, that did result in him tearing his Achilles last time, so maybe he'll take it a little slower this time, but who
0: knows. Um, that's, that's true. Do you think the the Suns are a championship contender without KD?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I don't think they're a real championship contender with KD. I don't think they have the depth, and I think that's going to show in the playoffs. When pl- players start trying harder, then... When their starters are off the court, they're going to attack their weak point in their lineup and they're going to cook them. Yeah. So with KD, that's an even bigger hole. And I think they're not going to have enough firepower to to patch those holes.
0: No, I agree. I think the the Suns, they're in trouble. They're at the fourth seed right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And without KD, that's going to be tough to stay afloat there. We could even see them drop to the plane without KD. It
1: will. And I think one thing that should be talked about now is – why are all these players wearing low-top shoes? Uh, why are they not wearing high-tops? That may have prevented his ankle rolling a little bit. I know, like, some players don't like wearing high-tops. It's a little different in the feel. I personally have always play in high-tops. I don't really care. Um, but maybe it would have changed things. Maybe we could have played if he was wearing high-tops. Yeah. Just saying.
0: I don't know about the high-top thing, low-top thing, because – I've played in them I haven't really seen like a difference I know Steph Curry has bad ankles he has his like ankle shin mm-hmm. protection stuff but he wears low low tops so I don't know I, I think I don't know if it's a myth or if it actually I wonder if there's studies on that if high tops are actually better for yeah. your ankles I don't know because it restricts your movement but the low tops let it move but I don't know if it's good or bad
1: yeah, it, it could definitely be one of the things. Maybe we can do some research and get back to you next week. But I don't know. Um, maybe KD could have been playing right now if he could, was. Yeah. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Hindsight's 2020, as we know. And uh, another hindsight 2020, the Pelicans might be thinking is Zion Williamson. His setback was supposedly more serious than we thought, and he's going to miss an extended period of time still. So no timetable for his return. We don't even know if he's going to come back this season. Just absolute blow to the Pelicans who. Uh, Obviously, Zion was the number one pick. But you look back and you're like, dang, Ja Morant was number two, which Ja is not looking too hot right now either. But at least he
0: plays games when he can. Yeah. So the Pelicans, what are they going to do without Zion? I don't know. I think, yeah, like you said, it's a continuing thing that happens with Zion. He plays a little, then gets injured. And then you think he's coming back and then he has another setback. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of happening a lot. Same thing I would say with KD, kind of same thing with Anthony Davis, right? They, they just riddle through injuries and, like, they're great players, but does that really help you? Does that really, like, make a case for you to be elite? And I think that in retrospect, injuries are a big part of, you know, being an elite player.
1: Yeah, every champion, every uh, elite player, every Hall of Famer has to have a little injury luck. Like, LeBron wouldn't be LeBron if he didn't take care of his body and he wasn't a little bit lucky when it comes to injuries. He's avoided a lot of big injuries. But at the same time, like, is it Zion who's not really doing the best things for his body? Is the Pelicans' training staff not really preparing him the best? Like, there's a lot of questions he's surrounding and thinking, what's going on? And I know we, we like to give younger players a lot of, like, wiggle room when it comes to injuries, like Embiid missed a bunch of games his first couple of seasons because of injuries. Steph Curry started off his career with a lot of injuries, like you said earlier. So, like, younger players, we do give wiggle room. But now Zion's a two-time All-Star All Star starter, and he's averaging, like, 20 games a season. Yeah. And it's getting to, what is this is fourth season, fifth season? So, he's getting up there in years where the wiggle room is starting to, to shrink, and we're expecting more from him. And if he doesn't, like, he's just signed a massive contract Mm -hmm. he has to live up to that contract now
0: for sure and you talk about other players that are kind of in his you know age group like Luca. he plays every night at least he tries to and Mm -hmm. I feel like he gets injured every night but he's putting up numbers he's putting up the minutes and so it's just like I don't know what do you blame do you blame them taking care of their body obviously like in Luca's case it's a good good example actually because Last year, he came into the season not in shape. And you could tell uh, it didn't really like impact his numbers per se, but you could tell he was exhausted and it could have led to you know more injuries. but this season he came in healthy. Uh, he took care of his body and he's playing a lot, and he's kind of shouldering a lot of the road, uh, the, a lot of the load while still playing and playing through injuries. So I don't know if it has to do with like load management too. That's a thing. That's a topic that's been been discussed about um, yeah. with Paul George, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the cause is. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of different variables going on. But honestly, I just want someone to figure it out. Whether it's get Zion in a new location, maybe that New Orleans gumbo is too good for him. Maybe it's the sponsorships that he needs to avoid. Maybe it's just get the like with Jaw. Get the right people around him. who will motivate him and push him to work out harder and, and take get better care of his body. Um, like I know there's a lot of talks about, like like you said, low management and getting players those less minutes. And a lot of people are talking about Jason Tatum because he's playing a lot of minutes for the Celtics right now. But one thing that Joe Mazzulla has said again and again is he trusts how Tatum is taking care of his body. He has his trainer with him 24-7. He has his personal chef cooking for him. And he knows that he can push Tatum to those limits because he trusts to take care of his body and i don't know if the uh, pelicans have that same trust as zion so maybe it's on both sides they need to uh set the bar higher and be a little more strict in what they're doing to take
0: care of their star for sure and like with the the load management you you stop playing games and your body to, like gets used to that uh there was a point made that you keep playing games your body's getting used to that mm-hmm. it's building up resistance and when you you know load manage you're kind of taking yeah. away that And so that could, you know, be opening the door for some of these injuries. Um, Two other injuries we have are Steven Adams and Mo Bamba. They were reported Mm -hmm. that they are done for the regular season. I don't know about the playoffs, but.
1: Yeah, both of them are like four-week injuries, so it's really just up until the regular season ends. Both teams will, well, I don't say both teams. The Grizzlies will make the playoffs. The Lakers, I think, will make the playoffs. I think they'll make a run at the end, but they're not guaranteed to do it. But that's two big blows. Steven Adams is one of the premier offensive rebounders and really makes the Grizzlies' life a little easier with making those extra possessions, which is what makes them so elite. But then with Steven Adams out, it completely like dilutes their style of play. So I think that's a pretty big blow to the Grizzlies.
0: For sure. And hopefully like he's healthy in the playoffs because he, he is a force down low in the playoffs, and you need bigs to help get you through. Yeah. Uh, that could be scary with him and Jaron Jackson uh, healthy in the mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but I want to I want to mention you mentioned the Lakers making a push right now. They are making that push. Uh, they don't have DeAngelo Russell or LeBron James and he's
1: riding on a stupid scooter around the arena,
0: bumping into people. Yep. <laughs> doesn't know how to drive, but Anthony Davis, I want to give him some respect. Because he's been going off these past, like, five games. It seems yeah. like every night he's putting up, like, 30 and 20 rebounds. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't
1: think we need to give him any respect. We held him to a high standard. We expected this from him. So he's just playing to his level of play. We expected. So good job. He didn't crumble. Like, congrats.
0: No, yeah. Well, he didn't crumble, and he didn't just, you know, hit the status quo. Yeah. I think he's, I think this he's is a status performing me, really dude. good.
1: If he was performing any less than this, I'd be kind of. Well, this is like
0: MVP, like this is like Giannis, as he should be. Like AD MB. should be in that conversation. I, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's I know but, we ha- we're we hi- holding him to the standard, but I yeah. just haven't seen this from him. This a while. is
1: the guy who hypothetically was worth Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in trade talks. This is the guy who everyone in the league would have given up their entire young cohort for when he's available in trades. I mean, when he's this playing. is the
0: standard. He needs to do this. When he's playing like this, yeah. Exactly. So, like,
1: anything less than that, I'm disappointed. (laughs) I'm
0: just just speaking
1: truth. I know Lakers fans will agree with me.
0: He's he's going to be ending up carrying his team to the playoffs, just him. LeBron's on his butt. (laughs) You mean on his knee on the scooter. (laughs) But the the other team in the uh, Los Angeles is the Clippers. Uh, We want to talk about their new... new, uh, Arena.
1: Yeah, we want to give a little laugh to our listeners. It's a pretty funny thing that happened. So the Clippers, obviously, they're infamous for being the Lakers' little brother. I mean, they share the arena with the Lakers, and they never really uh, got out of their shadow. They never really made the fi- They've never made the finals. They never won the championship, obviously. And so they they decide we're gonna break free. So Steve Ballmer buys this new stadium, the Intuit Dome, and they're building it right now. And so they have this event the other day where they go, and the whole team is there. And they had to know what they were doing. They have them all show up in construction uniforms. So everyone on Twitter was just going crazy at the site, like Russell Westbrook and Kawhi and Paul George wearing these construction outfits saying, Watch out for the bricks. The bricks are falling.
0: So, but that wasn't the West only bricks.
1: thing that, that happened that day. That was funny.
0: Yeah, apparently uh, Steve Ballmer was we just talking about, you know, the specs of the, the new arena. And one thing that came up was the bathrooms. Uh, apparently there's, I don't know, 197 whatever bathrooms. I don't know. But it was like three times as much as any other NBA stadium. And he's like, we don't want people waiting in the lines. We want them back in their damn seats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of legendary. like. I wish more owners had thought like he did because it's obvious he's thinking like the, the – for the fans. Yeah. Other owners could say, okay, instead of building a bathroom here, we can put another food court to make more revenue, make more money, or put more seats in there. Like Steve Ballmer thinking, how can I make the best fan experience, which I love. I wish more owners would think like that, make the NBA less about – because you're already making a butt-ton of money. Mm-hmm. You're making so much money. You can sacrifice a little bit of that revenue – to make the experience so much better for fans. Because, I mean, we've both been to NBA games, and sometimes the bathroom lines are so crowded. They're disgusting. People are throwing crap everywhere. Like, you just need to make it a little bit nicer, and the fans will love it. And they'll probably pay a little more for their tickets too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's a good point because the, the Warriors, when they built Chase Center, they did not really have the fans in mind. They made a bunch of luxury boxes, suites for businesses, and it was they jacked the ticket prices up. And so it's like basically, you know, disincentivizing fans to watch the game like real fans. Uh, I think it's kind of, you know, turned over a little bit to more of the fans. But I like Steve Ballmer, how he's he's trying to keep them in mind. And especially when building the stadium, because he knows that the people are going to be there. That's the fans mm-hmm. going to be. You're not trying to just win like other business deals and stuff like that. So shout out to Steve Ballmer he's the hypest uh, owner in the league
1: he's gone through a
0: lot he has he's he's
1: a true Clippers fan if he's still in there sitting so. on
0: the, the right under the basket grabbing people's knees and shaking them.
1: <laughs> he's a fun guy if you go watch some Steve Ballmer videos on YouTube uh, you'll get a good laugh <laughs> so shout out to the Clippers for giving us that all the memes that will come out of that that event are amazing so I'm excited to see more yeah
0: speaking of uh, win, uh, wins teams who haven't won uh, we want to talk about ring culture um and what is that so Corey, let, let's de- just describe it what would you describe ring culture yeah so
1: i think it's definitely in the last couple of years the mindset of discussing the nba has shifted to where like commentators and people who talk about basketball and fans they love especially the warriors and clay always point to the four rings like you can't talk to me i have four rings like and that's fair. We can't discredit you're a champion. You've done what they were all trying to do, but you've done it better. So, like, you can't take it away from Clay. But at the same time, now that the echelon is winning a championship, so everything else, it seems, has been devalued to where if you don't win a championship, you're nothing else matters. Like, you could have an amazing regular season. You could win MVP. You could win scoring title, You could win defensive player of the year. But if you don't win a ring, like, no one seems to care anymore. So, I guess, do you think that's a good thing for the
0: league or a bad thing? Should we focus more on the rings or less? Yeah, I mean, in the past, like, you look at teams who have won the the NBA Finals, and half the NBA hasn't even won one. And you have 17 apiece to the Clippers, or no, to the Lakers and the, the Celtics, right? They both have 17. So, it's like, okay, out of all those players, there's a lot of great players that haven't played for those teams. And... You know, with the Warriors, they've they've won. And, yeah, it's been hyped up, the rings, because um, everyone trash talks. But it's like, I feel like they've created – they have this dynasty, right? They created this dynasty. And so everyone in the league is trying to, like, tear them down. And so that's why – I feel like that's why the focus has been on the rings is because, oh, we have the Warriors. They keep winning, right? Yeah. And it's like we – someone needs to step up. That's why the focus – that's why we – you know have our podcast four wins in june that's what it's all about but that's not discrediting what happens during the regular season and you know jumps players make or teams make or mm-hmm. progress and stuff but the end goal that's why we talk about it so much is because the end goal is the rings um, and if you don't you're you you did not win yeah it doesn't mean you didn't have a successful season mm-hmm.
1: like i think a lot about teams like the 2010 Atlanta Hawks teams that won 60 games, the uh, Jazz teams of every year when they would have really good regular seasons, and like teams fans love to go back and roast those teams because they didn't accomplish much in the playoffs, but they were still a really fun team to watch in the regular season. They still uh, beat a lot of good teams uh, when they played them, and then they go in the regular the postseason and. Postseason basketball is just a little different than the regular season. We all know it. If you don't, then like go watch the difference. There's a different level of intensity. Players will run back uh, and hustle more, and they'll, the lineups will shrink in, so there will be a smaller rotation. And so it's just hard to like, compare playoff and regular season basketball, honestly, at this point. But I think we as fans, it's on us more than the players to kind of give more respect to these players who have really good regular seasons. Because if we don't, then the regular season is going to become boring this might be where low management comes from it's like why would I want to play in the regular season who cares like I just want to play in the playoffs mm-hmm. and so it's on us fans as well to kind of hype up the regular season to get excited for the regular season so that the players care more because if we don't care why would the players care Do you yeah. feel
0: yeah for sure and it's the same thing it's like you look at the top two teams rankings wise the West and the East the Nuggets and the Bucks are we really giving them hype like We just say, oh, they're a great team, but it's always about the Lakers, about the Warriors, about the Celtics, about, I don't know, just it's about anyone else, right, who has Mm -hmm. a great team, who thinks that they can, like, who's probably more built to win a championship, but they don't have the best record right now.
1: Yeah, or you get teams like the Kings, who have the second-best record in the West, and everyone is like, yeah, the Kings are great, but they're going to be a first-round exit. Like, everyone's gunning for that seventh seed now, because, like, we won't play the Kings in the playoffs. We're like – can't we just enjoy the beam team? can we just enjoy Darren Fox being also? Can we enjoy Sabonis having a year where he's only like three rebounds and three assists shy of Jokic, mm-hmm. which is insane. Sabonis is doing crazy things right now. And so can we just give respect to them so we can have more teams like the Kings who over-excel in the regular season and make them fun to watch Yeah, so we can enjoy more basketball. So we don't have to wait till the playoffs to enjoy basketball. We can enjoy it whenever we want because teams try harder then if we are pushing them to try harder
0: yeah i feel like you'll always have you know those teams like like just the warriors right now right they're not going to really care about the regular season they're just going to wait to the playoffs so you're going to have those teams but you're you'll also have those teams that are trying like the kings and i guess you could say in the in the east the knicks um recently Mm -hmm. but it's like yeah i like your point of you know Let's make the regular season more impactful. Um, yeah, because it seems like the first half, all the way till you know after the All Star break, it's kind of boring. Right now, mm-hmm. it's kind of starting to kick up, which is nice.
1: Oh yeah, the games recently have been amazing because we're a month left in the season. Like everyone's vying for those positions, so they're trying now. But I think it, at the end of the day, it is all about rings. That's all that matters. That's why we play these seasons is to crown a champion. Uh, once we crown a champion, the season ends. That's what it's all about. That's what players really care about deep down. But I think we as the fans have the power to kind of make the regular season better. And in turn, that will also help the All-Star game be better because the fans will just stop complaining so much about the All-Star game. And then make it more positive atmosphere, I'm sure the players will try harder. And the players will lean into that positivity and make it a more fun thing. So just overall, if we just move more positivity into these areas that – a lot of people are complaining right now. I think we can really make a difference.
0: Yeah, I agree. And speaking of rings, I wanted to bring up a player who has four of them, Draymond Green. Uh, he's kind of gotten in some beef with, well, he hasn't really gotten in. Dylan Brooks has started this He beef. got dragged into. He got dragged into it because Dylan Brooks, I don't know how or where this came out, randomly said, uh, I don't really like Draymond. I don't really like Golden State. Uh, he hasn't really done anything. He doesn't really play defense, and I don't know. He just said all this bull crap, and it was hilarious. the 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 thing that Draymond responded with, he like highlighted each part of what Dylan Brooks said, and basically proved him wrong, and bas- it like totally turned the narrative onto him and saying. The reason why you guys aren't winning is because you're on the team, which I I thought was hilarious. Um, And if you're Dylan Brooks, I just don't know what, in like, what are you thinking? Like, you're the trash talk, this guy who has four rings, like, four four, uh, all stars, uh, you know, two defensive first teams.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. what it, it comes down to is Dylan Brooks knows he's nowhere. He can't sniff Draymond Green. He can't wash his towels. He's not that good. But, like, if you're trying to make a statement and make noise for your team, uh, what are you going to do? Go trash talk freaking Taco Fall in China? Say, like, oh, Taco Fall is not as good as me. Like, no, no one's going to be like, yeah, cool, Taco Fall's not in the league anymore. Um but you're going to go for the guy who's won four championships, who's won Defensive Player of the Year, who's won all these things, They've been integral in parts on these teams. Because as much as they hate to say it, Dylan Brooks and Draymond are very similar people. They have kind of similar play styles. Draymond's obviously better. No one's going to argue that. I know what you're thinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: they're kind of similar. They're kind of similar. Uh... There. If there's anyone in the league that I would compare Draymond to – Dylan Brooks would be high on the list of players I would compare to similar styles of play.
0: They're similar styles, I guess, but they're different positions. And honestly, on the defensive end, Dylan Brooks kind of sells all the time. He's not that great of a defender. He fouls a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not – he plays physical, right, like Draymond. But at the end of the day – but they're, like, they're, they're both
1: intense. They're both the tough guys of the, the team. Yeah. They both like to lead them into... They'll, they'll take their team into war. They won't back down from anyone. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean by saying I would
0: say one's a dirty player and the other used to be.
1: Oh, I was going to say, you better not say Draymond's not a dirty player. I said used to be. <laughs> All those nut kicks and everything.
0: Yeah, but, you know, he's learned, and... I think what? I think Dylan Brooks... He's learned
1: to beat up his own team, I guess. I don't think we forget about Jordan Poole.
0: I guess, but... I don't
1: think him and Poole are still... On the that.
0: on the court, uh, Dylan Brooks continues to play dirty. And recently, I haven't seen Draymond do anything malicious mm-hmm. uh, since his leg kicks. But anyway, yeah. I, th- I just think that's funny. Uh, I guess, you know, Mighty yeah. Mouse just... Attack them, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing to
1: lose. I, I love it, honestly. I love the little beef between them. Because I know at the end of the day, they respect each other. It's the league. like th- yeah. They they do it for the entertainment-wise. And I enjoy it. It makes the series more fun when they match up. Because that is a possible first-round matchup in the West is Grizzlies-Warriors. Well, I think that's a 3-6 matchup right now if the season ended. Yeah, So that would make it all the more fun to watch Draymond and uh, Dylan Brooks go at it. So... I'm I'm grateful they're doing it. I wish more players would kind of poke fun at each other to kind of make more hype for the matchups when we watch it.
0: Yeah, and they face off tonight, so we'll see. We'll come back to that later. But we wanted to just highlight real quick, um, we talk a lot about rankings and winning and seeds and stuff like that, but does that really you know, quantify how good a team is? Um, is it just by the rankings or is it by something else?
1: Yeah, I think... Everyone who watches basketball, there's two types of fans. There's the fans who watch the games and the fans who read the box score. And the fans who read the box score are only going to look at the rankings, and the power rankings, all the propaganda that the NBA puts out of who's the best team, and they're going to believe that. But then there's the fans who actually watch the games and actually watch the teams and do the eye test, which I think the eye test is so much more telling of what a good team is versus what a bad team is. And one of the aspects I look at is, how the opposing team plays against your team. That's how you can tell if you're truly a championship contender. Because when you're a great team and you're one of the best teams in the league, all the bad teams in the league are going to come at you. They're going to go for your throat because they want to beat you. They could care less if they lose to another bad team. Like, cool, we're moving towards the top pick. Great. But if they're only winning 12 games a year, they want one of those 12 to be against the number one dogs. They want to knock them off because that's their championship. And so, in my opinion, the eye test tells me if, like, let's say the Spurs or the Magic or the um, Rockets or all these other teams who have, like, 10, 12 wins right now come out and try their hardest against you, that's a good sign to say you're a good team because that means they care and that means they want to win and that means they respect you. And so that's how I kind of use my eye test to tell that, like, let's save the Bucks. No offense to Bucks fans. But why do you think everyone rests their guys against you? Because they're not scared of you. They're not scared of Milwaukee. Giannis is great. Giannis is fantastic. But outside of Giannis, I don't think NBA players are really scared of Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday will cook you from time to time, but they can probably slow him down in a playoff series. So the way I look at it is, is teams who play the Warriors. The Warriors, every night, they have play, players over-excel. Josh Giddy had a career night against the Warriors. Because he wanted that bad. They played really hard against the Lakers, LeBron's night, because they wanted to up the King. Like, you can tell if you're a real team or not by how other teams play you.
0: Yeah, that's a good example that you said, because last night the Thunder played the Suns, and they didn't even look like they cared.
1: Yeah, uh, because KD wasn't playing.
0: Exactly. So if KD like, was playing, I bet they would have. So, like, at the beginning of the season, right, This the schedule comes out, and all these teams, they circle games and I guarantee you the Warriors the the Celtics like the Lakers like all of these elite teams get circled yeah they get a target on their back they get circled by the, the you know lows of the lows of the league and vice versa who are the top teams circling probably like 20 teams throughout yeah. their season so there's a big disparity um, and I would agree with that I think that the eye test watching teams play you can see their potential Mm -hmm. especially if they already have an established you know resume of winning uh you know past years if they have the similar teams but the eye test will do will do it justice because you you know you can see the great greatness yeah uh and you can you can also see the you know the turnovers or the mistakes and all that but it's like you know that that's going to be cleaned up you know when it's time
1: yeah I think a lot back to the Draymond quote for a couple of years ago when he was on LeBron's podcast and he was talking about how he loves to go to play games against other great teams and he was like those are the games I can get hyped for I can get up for I can go to war for but then it's the g- days when you wake up you're like look at the schedule like ah dang playing the, the Thunder playing the Kings back then he was like. Those are the games I just almost don't want to play for, and I think that tells everything. Because I think a lot of NBA players are the same mindset: is they'll look at the schedule and say, "Oh my gosh, we're playing these guys. I don't really want to play. Like it's not almost not worth it for me to play. Like let the bench go play, let them try their best to beat them. Like I could care less." And I think the NBA they, they do the same thing. Why do you think there's nationally televised games? Because they looked through the schedule and circled what they think the best games of the season are going to be. And they want to push that out to everyone in the world to watch. Because that's what are going to be most watched, not the local games. But I think the games that they circle are the games that players get up for, they get excited for. And those are the games they play well in. Versus the games on local TV that maybe only local fans are watching. It's kind of harder for players to get excited for. And so you know if a player is going hard on one of those local TV games that they really want to win that game. And that means they care, and that means they respect their opponent, and they want to beat them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to remember that they're, they're people too. They see the lines. They oh yeah, have feelings. They have preferences. And, you know, they know that if I'm playing a bad team, it's not as fun. Like, yeah. if I'm playing a good team, yeah, it's more fun. So there's a level of intensity, and that's what I can't wait for when the playoffs come. Because we know every game is going to be, you know, 100% effort. Um, and so, kind of leading into that, I think we're just going to go straight into our bets. Uh, recently, I've been on a little tear. Yeah. It's been nice after getting just sweeped. <laughs> He's been
1: cooking me. I need to lock in here. I'm on a three-game losing streak right now, I think. So, got to lock in, got to end it right now, got to get a win under my belt, but... Danny gets the first
0: pick here. So, yeah, as it stands, Corey still leads with eight. I'm with five, and then we have two ties. But the first game we have on our schedule is the Hornets at the Pistons. The battle for Wemby begins. Uh, Hornets are favorited by four. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Pistons because it's at home. I'll uh, take the points. I think, I, I think I'll take the points even if they lose.
1: That's totally fair. I'll, I'll take the Hornets there. Uh, the Hornets did me the solid. They beat the Knicks. Ended their streak. Shout out Gordon Hayward, Celtics legend, right there. Um, they ended the cocky Knicks. But I, I respect the Hornets. I think they could win against the Pistons, even though at home. Yeah. So that's a good pick there. This is a toss up. That one's yeah. tough. This one is an interesting one. It's the Rockets at Pacers, and the Pacers are minus nine and a half. That's a lot of points for a Pacers team. That's been kind of mediocre recently and the Rockets can put up a lot of points um, but at the end of the day I think I still have to go Pacers
0: yeah.
1: I think I have to trust that Tyrese Halliburton and them can go pick up a win because they kind of need the wins now they gotta start trying harder if they want to make the playoffs
0: yeah I could see that if Halliburton goes off like he did against the, the Bulls that, was, that shot, that was insane that, that was like Steph right there it really was um, next game we have the Jazz at the Magic two tough ones in a row <laughs> come on man uh, Magic are favored by three at home the Jazz played a great game the other other day against the Mavericks they kept it close to the final minutes uh, Magic though I think I'll do the Disney Magic got the Magic in me the Magic uh, I don't know They,
1: uh, like I was telling Dana the Magic scare me they're a really good team in the next couple of years um, but They let me down the last couple games. It's almost like they're not trying Mm because they want a better draft pick. Um, So the Jazz, on the other hand, shouldn't be trying, but they keep doing. So I'm probably giving the Jazz here. I think they win the game. And the next game, (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) I get to pick this one. (laughs) It's the Warriors at Grizzlies. We were just talking about that little beef between Draymond and Dylan Brooks. They're going to go head-to-head tonight on national television. The Warriors are favored minus two and a half on the road. Without Jaw, of course, he's still away from the team. Steven Adams was hurt. Uh, just for the memes as well, I'm taking the Warriors. Yeah. I got to do it, even though it backfired on me last time.
0: I swear, if they don't win this one on the road, I'm just, yeah, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start winning these road games. Uh, next, we have the Nets at the Bucks. The Bucks are favored in 12.
1: Wow. Wow. Like I said, the Nets are resting like half their team, though. They
0: are resting. I but think that's like the, the only guy playing is Mikel Bridges. That's the danger, though. It is. It's a trap game. That's the trap game. Do I take the trap game? Minus uh, 12 is a lot of points. I'll do it. I'm taking the Nets, baby. <laughs> Brooklyn Bridges, wow. go on! Wow.
1: Wow. You really just it. gave me the bucks. I that's to, crazy. I have to keep it. But I'm going to be honest. I probably would have done the same thing. I would have taken the Nets. That's a lot of points. And I think Mikhail Bridges is going for fifty. I think he drops fifty tonight. Book it. If we Let come back on cook. Tuesday, if you come back on Tuesday, drop fifty. I'm talking all the smack in the world. Let him cook. Yes, sir. Brooklyn Bridges, baby. <laughs> um, then we find out finish off the night with a great game. The Knicks at Kings. The beam team is at home and minus two and a half point favorites. And I think that's a pretty easy pick. I'm going with the Kings. The Kings are rolling. They're a great home team and The Knicks are kind of of flying around after the Hornets game. I think the the Kings get to win.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, The Kings, national TV, doesn't really happen a lot, but it's good that that it's happening because I like to watch the Kings, especially when they're at home. Their fans are crazy. You know, they come come close from the Bay, so, you know, we're all kind of crazy up there.
1: nothing but respect to Kings fans. You guys are some of the best of the best.
0: Yeah, for sure. You guys have been through a lot, so you're –
1: Refined. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, they've been waiting, and hopefully, uh, this season pays them off. Yeah. But uh, I think that's gonna do it with for four wins in June today. Hopefully, we get to see a, a beam in the sky in Sacramento. Hopefully, to, to end the night. But um, yeah, we talked about you know a lot of stuff today, getting into the injuries, the Clippers' new arena, ring culture, and all that.
1: Yep, it's an exciting time in basketball. We're excited to do this. Excited to talk more hoops, get some more people on the pod, hopefully to share their thoughts.
0: Um, but just keep keep enjoying basketball, man. For sure, hoop it up. We'll see you later on four ones in June.